Welcome, everyone, to A Shot of Paranormal. Have you ever put something down in a specific place, then gone back to look for it and noticed it was gone? You're the only one home, and you know you put something like your keys on the kitchen table. You just had to go to the bathroom. You come back, and they're gone. Or maybe you got yourself a snack one night, closed all the cupboards, then went to get yourself a drink and noticed all the cupboards were open. Maybe you heard a noise as you were getting ready for bed. And when you went to see what that noise was, you noticed your kitchen chairs stacked up. You may have experienced poltergeist activity. That's the who slash what I'll be discussing on today's episode after this. Hello, my name is Mark, and today we'll be talking about poltergeist. What is it? Who is it? What are they? What is the appropriate question to ask here? How about, what the hell's going on? The word poltergeist is German for noisy ghost. It is a spiritual entity responsible for physical disturbances. Things being moved around, doors slamming, things being destroyed, your typical ghost experiences. They have been purportedly capable of pinching or scratching, hitting or pushing people. But most accounts of poltergeist activity involve the movement of objects, whether they've changed location or are levitating. Knocking on doors, closing doors, playing around with your furniture. They are more traditionally known to haunt a person rather than a location. So if you live in one place and decide to move, there's a good chance you'll be followed. Poltergeist activity has been reported worldwide in many different cultures, including the U.S., Brazil, India, Japan, Australia, and many nations in Europe. Spirits have been reported as harassing people as early as the first century, but poltergeist references mainly started happening in the 1600s. There is a lot of science out there that disproves poltergeist exist, and will state there is a more natural explanation as to why things are happening. But there is a lot of footage of stuff happening that science can't explain, although it will try to, usually through environmental variables such as temperature, earthquakes, old pipes, carbon monoxide, the power of suggestion, etc. I've mentioned these things a few times. So there are obviously things you have to look into before you cry ghost to anyone. Always try to back up your claim with evidence. There are many people who have recorded incidents of things moving, being thrown, things breaking. And although someone might say, this is just a straight up hoax, I wouldn't be so quick to just call you a liar. There are things that science knows and can explain, and there are still millions of things that it can't. For example, for the longest time, scientists would claim time travel is impossible. In fact, many still do state that. However, a group of scientists in Russia teamed up with the U.S. and Switzerland returned the state of a quantum computer a fraction of a second into the past. So maybe on the smallest scale it was done, but it was done nevertheless. And that's just the beginning. So that's my point. 
I'm in no way saying that I know everything about spirituality, the afterlife, or that everything you experience is real. But I'm also not saying it isn't real. I've had too many experiences to just dismiss it as the power of suggestion or earthquakes, etc. I have spoken about some poltergeist activity I've experienced, and upon investigation, found nothing. Some people who have investigated poltergeist activity have come across one individual is usually the cause of mischief. The other cause may be hallucinations. Some attempts to explain poltergeist activity that aren't credited to hallucinations or a mischievous person have included an unusual air current coming off Cape Cod that blew a mirror off the wall, or a downward draft that came down a chimney and knocked over chairs. My personal experiences, though, cannot be credited to a downward wind from a chimney. A bag of popcorn sitting on the coffee table flat on its side while I'm on the other side of the rec room and it falls onto the floor? Or a single picture frame on the mantel falling over while the one beside it sits still? No gust of wind upon investigation. I'm in a basement. There was no breeze. But here's the thing. I can claim this. And if I were to tell any one of these things, they would just tell me I'm wrong. The person who experienced this, in this case me, upon investigation didn't find anything to match any of the typical discrediting factors. I'm not delirious. I haven't been breathing in carbon monoxide. These things just happened. I'm not terribly afraid of these things happening. I'm in fact more so fascinated and would love for more to happen. I don't go off blurting to all the people. I know these things happened. My friends that I talk to, I don't often tell them about my experiences at home. I more so like to go on our ghost investigation journeys elsewhere. From what I've researched, a few of the early cases reported of poltergeist activity were refuted to just be religion fighting against atheism. In those early days, if you were atheist, you were hung. Then atheism started growing, and anyone who experienced anything was discredited because of atheists. Although there were a few accounts of people causing mischief, there were a few that didn't have legitimate explanations, but the people were still accused of creating a hoax. So on, on Wikipedia, reading about the Bell Witch, it says, The Bell Witch, or Bell Witch Haunting, is a legend from southern United States folklore. Centered on the 19th century Bell family of northwest Robertson County, Tennessee, farmer John Bell Sr. resided with his family along the Red River in an area currently near the town of Adams. According to legend, from 1817 to 1821, his family and the local area came under attack by a mostly invisible entity that was able to speak, affect the physical environment, and shapeshift. Some accounts record the spirit also to have been clairvoyant and capable of crossing long distances with superhuman speed, and or of being in more than one place at a time. In 1894, newspaper editor Martin V. Ingram published his Authenticated History of the Bell Witch, the book is widely regarded as the first full-length record of the legend and a primary source for subsequent treatments. The individuals recorded in the work were known historical personalities in modern times. In modern times, some skeptics have regarded Ingram's efforts as a work of historical fiction or fraud. Other researchers consider Ingram's work a nascent folklore study and an accurate reflection 
of belief in the region during the 19th century. So I use that as an example because skeptics just discredited it as fraud, didn't need evidence or proof to dismiss it, just to classify it as another hoax. Look at the Hodgson family in the UK, the inspiration behind The Conjuring 2. Although upon investigation, some things found were thought to be a prank, several reliable witnesses thought that many of the poltergeist incidents were indeed genuine. The witnesses included a police constable, a press photographer, and investigators from the Society for Psychical. Janet Hodgson was an 11-year-old girl. This incident is known as the Enfield poltergeist. Janet Hodgson was speaking with the voice of an old male named Bill Wilkins. Some of the stuff that came out of her mouth is questionable. She, while speaking as Bill, stated he died of a hemorrhage, when in fact, his death certificate says he died of a coronary thrombosis. But what I find weird about anyone discrediting that is, say you died of a coronary thrombosis, and say you were a ghost afterwards. Are you aware of how you died, or even what a coronary thrombosis is? Did you know that you suffered from a coronary thrombosis? Or if Bill did in fact speak through Janet, did you know you died of a hemorrhage? Ed and Lorraine Warren only went to 284 Green Street twice. The second time was for four days, where they recorded and filmed a lot of their findings. Things floating in the air, random rocks appearing, and an event described as spontaneous removal of wallpaper. Maurice Gross was a paranormal investigator who was interviewing Janet one day. His son Richard came onto the scene and was interviewing Janet. Whenever he would look Janet in the face, she wouldn't talk. When he looked away, she would talk as Bill or Joe Watson. There were ten people claimed to have been inside this little girl. Joe Watson was one of them. While talking to Richard, if he looked away and even thought about looking at Janet's face, she wouldn't talk almost as if she could read his mind. When the neighbor Nottingham showed up, Janet explained she had passed through the wall and seen the room on the other side was all white, which was accurate, but it was noted that some who claim to have out-of-body experiences have seen a lack of color while in that state. So while there may be an explanation for saying what color the room was, Mrs. Nottingham did find one of Janet's books in her room titled Fun and Games for Children, when it had been in Janet's room only moments earlier. The parapsychology writer Guy Leon Playfair thought that when Janet was in the hospital, the activity would cease. It lessened, but it did not stop. When Janet returned home, it was again dialed up. And, okay, so this guy's name is very hard to pronounce. I'm not sure if I'm getting it right. Uh, Meilig Meiling, uh, spelled G-M-E-L-I-G, Mailing was another visitor to the house. And upon his visit, feces was smeared around the house. Furniture was overturned. There was constant knocking and footsteps. Well, when he went back to his hotel, he had mentioned he went on an astral trip to learn more about the spirits. When he returned, he went up, sat in Janet's room. When he came down from the room, he told Playfair it, it was over. After that, all unusual activity within the house stopped. This was the end of this possession slash poltergeist case. Why? How did he stop it? He says he convinced all the entities they were dead, 
Janet and her mother confirmed that nothing happened after that, although they still felt the presence. Now, I have to ask this question. For those of you that think Janet Hodgson's case was fake, what would she have to gain from it? I mean, you could argue fame, in which case there was feces smeared all over the house. Is that what anyone who's not Gigi Allen would want to be known for? There was some stuff that was questionable. She was asked to levitate and draw a red circle around the light fixture on the ceiling. She said she wouldn't do that unless everyone left. And when everyone left, they heard what sounded like Janet jumping on the bed and gasping. The door was locked while she did this. And then when they came in, sure enough, there was a red circle around the light fixture. I will include a link to the recordings of Janet Hodgson speaking as Bill Wilkins on the Facebook page. If you'd like to hear it, check it out, click like, and join me as I delve into the world of the paranormal. So anyways, again, I ask, what would she have to gain? I mean, again, to dispute fame, she's not making money off of this. She may be getting the attention of her country because a reporter was on site taking notes of everything. But this would just look like a mentally ill child to him. The family was struggling, had no money to their name, so there's no financial gain, and the motive for fame slash attention, I just don't believe that. I mean, maybe years down the road, they got some sort of financial compensation to show this case to the world. But at the time, it was a struggle. I mean, a police constable as a witness to the unexplainable going on, a press photographer, and basically paranormal researchers all witnessing this. Certain elements of this were televised. So if you think there was financial compensation to the family for putting this on the air you then have to think about the damage inside. You know, what they say started it all? Janet and her sister Margaret started playing with a Ouija board. We'll talk about Ouija boards in another episode. So just what was all of this? Was it necessarily a poltergeist? I mean, it's called the Enfield poltergeist, but in researching this, it sounds more like a possession with poltergeist activity. There were upwards of 10 personalities that Janet spoke as. But then there's the childhood books of hers that ended up at her neighbor's when it was seen in Janet's room shortly before it was discovered at her neighbor's. So I guess there's some poltergeist activity. The furniture flipped upside down, so a mischievous spirit I guess sounds accurate, but it also sounds like there was a lot more going on. While I'm not saying that everything in this case would be 100% factual, the testimonies of some of the witnesses sound pretty frightening. What about the guy with the out-of-body experience that put an end to it all? He's not famous. I googled his name directly and didn't come up with anything. And when it ended, he just went back to Holland. So nothing too exciting came of that. Janet was interviewed in 2007 about it and will still swear by everything that happened. Poltergeist activity may start up slow and just be a small object misplaced, but end up as being as drastic as the movie Paranormal Activity 2 portrayed it. Some people credit it as it's stemming from an emotional connection to an individual, a.k.a. telekinesis. While science can't find a definitive explanation other than a hoax or man-made incidents, people who experience it are absolutely terrified. This isn't just seeing an apparition. This isn't just hearing a voice. This is the physical movement of something in your household that can create the smallest noise you wouldn't hear to the loudest bang of a door slamming. If you're sleeping and this starts up, what is your reaction? How do you handle it? 
one woman in Lanarkshire, Scotland, actually called the police. A property on Stonelaw Road in Rutherglen on Monday, August 8, 2016, is where police were called after a woman had experienced paranormal activity for two days. When the officers arrived, they witnessed bizarre occurrences such as clothes flying across the room, lights turning on and off, the oven door opening and closing, and lampshades turning upside down. Even the resident's family chihuahua ended up at the top of a seven-foot hedge. The woman and her son have moved out of the property but had contacted the police to report disturbing incidents. Officers with more than 20 years of service on the force are saying they've never seen anything like that. They asked, how do you handle what, despite us liking to use the word, has been described as a poltergeist? The officers, when they first responded to the call, thought it was going to be an issue of mental health and instantly thought different when the lights started flickering on and off. The police had filed an inquiry into the assessing the history of the home with the previous residents to see if similar incidents were reported. Social workers and doctors were working to support the family who lived there. While I searched up to see about the follow-up, no word was given as to why it was dropped. But August 19th, 2016, the police announced they were no longer looking into the history. A source among the police stated, it's not a route we normally go down, but she may need to get a medium in or something like that. Paranormal experts offered help. So if even the police are being called out and are witness to such events, things floating, doors banging, lights flickering, should it all be dismissed as a hoax led on by the person calling the police? Is the woman just seeking attention? The article also states kids used to ride their bikes past the house singing the Ghostbusters theme. It's not the kind of attention they wanted. They called the police thinking that if they saw what was going on, the activity would stop. But it didn't. Truth be told, at the end of the day, if you try to tell someone you had poltergeist activity happen, unless it's someone who believes, they might actually laugh at you for suggesting you actually had an experience. You can show them proof and they'll discredit it as you're pulling their chain. They'll straight up accuse you or someone in your household as the one who's pulling the strings, so to speak. Even more frustrating, if you turn to a paranormal community, yeah, they'll believe you, but then they'll tell you something they experienced, then show you a very pixelated picture where they see a face and all you see is pixels. Talking to people in a paranormal community on social media or wherever will have people that are so quick to jump to a paranormal explanation for events. But if you've heard anything I've said repeatedly in my episodes is you have to investigate. Try to recreate the situation. Make sure everything is the exact same as when it happened the first time. The temperature, if there's wind from a window, an insect flying by our camera that looks like an orb, you should try to approach these happenings as a skeptic. Once you've ruled out everything you can think of, then maybe you're experiencing something paranormal. A lot of people, when they experience something that may be natural in nature, are too afraid or get spooked too easily, jump to conclusions and saying, it's a ghost, which it may not be the case. I use that case in Scotland as an example. The woman and her son went through it for two days before calling the police. They didn't know how to word it on the police call, so it was referenced as disturbing incidents. When the police got there and saw it with their own eyes, the woman was hoping it would stop, 
kind of like sending in the cavalry, having backup arrive on scene so things would calm down. In the end, she was just glad she wasn't the only one to see it, and to have someone else believe her when she was finally able to describe it for what it was. Alright everyone, that's another episode down, another paranormal entity discussed. If you've had any experiences, please reach out to me on my Facebook page or Instagram at a shot of paranormal or www.facebook.com slash a shot of paranormal. Thank you for tuning in. Leave a review if you like what you hear. Subscribe or follow if you want more exciting, unexplainable, mysterious content. Have a spooky night. <laughs>